from Revelations chapter 21. I'm only going to read one verse, and that's verse 2. We won't be long before you this morning. We just want to exhort you while it's called the day, encourage you, and hope that something may be said that will lift you up. Revelations chapter 21, verse 2, reads as follows. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I want to ask the question, are you dressed for the wedding? Are you dressed for the wedding? When there is a wedding, what do people do? A bride will go through many things and make many changes in order to make herself ready. She will call on different people to help her. She will surround herself with people of wisdom and knowledge. Whether it is the bride or the bridemaid, guest or groom, Many things will take place before and during that day. Their haircuts, dresses made, tuxedos and suits bought, rings are purchased. The scripture said, prepared as a uh, bride adorned for her husband. Now, when we look at the word adorn, it means to allow or give beauty, to endure, to enhance or make greater. We live today to give beauty and make ourselves ready for the second coming of Christ. We will adorn or give beauty to New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. We are the apparel or clothing of it. But today, one of the problems that exist is there are many people who don't believe Jesus has come the first time. And just as many don't believe he exists. Now, let's take a look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise 
and five were foolish. What we have in this parable are ten versions, five wise and five foolish. One writer calls them the friends of the bride. Another says that they are the bridesmaid. They represent those who attend the wedding of the bride. So the question we want to ask ourselves is, are we living our lives as the wise or are we living our lives as the foolish? What we should be doing is preparing ourselves to attend the wedding of the bride. And we know now New Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. Galatians 4, 26 says, But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Revelations 3 and 12 says, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. And by Revelations 19, 7 and 8, it shows we become the clothing for New Jerusalem. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife had made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the linen, fine linen is the righteousness of saints. We being the righteousness of the saints, we will clothe New Jerusalem. That's why he is coming back for a church without wrinkle, spot, or blemish, or any such thing. But just like the five wise, we must make ourselves ready for the great and notable day when Jesus comes back. Look at verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. One writer explains the lamps are an outward profession of faith and holiness. So both the wise and foolish had a profession of faith. Today, many have a profession of faith, but the question is, what are they professing? And what are they believing? Many say they have faith, but just what faith do they have? Saying you believe and have faith does not make you wise and saved. Today, many confess they believe. But everyone that professes do not believe the same thing. Now, if you can receive this, the lamp is faith and the oil being the word of God that will keep the lamp and increase the flame as needed. So both wise and foolish started out with a measure of faith. The vessel with oil is the sanctifying and saving grace of the Holy Spirit, who is unchanging, steadfast, and guides us in truth. There we will grow and improvement will be made if we listen to him. 
So if you don't have the word, we will soon run out of faith. If we don't have a vessel of oil and listen to God's spirit that guides us by the word, our sanctification and saving grace, our growth and improvement will soon be in jeopardy. The wise and foolish versions agreed, but they also differ. Is not that what Christians and denominations are about? They seem to agree, but also differ in some things. We agree to music, but different types of music. We agree in worshiping, but differ how we worship. We agree there is a God, but differ who God is. Some use instruments and some don't. Some sing fast and some won't. Some cry and others shout. But to be on the same page means we must all agree who Jesus is and why he came. By his spirit, we must be steadfast, persistent, consistent, and unchangeable. Many go through the motions of repenting for something. They feel sorry and go to church for a season, but soon fall away and walk with him no more. Serving and being in Christ is not a one-day thing. It is a lifestyle change. God said this to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Even today, God does not want his children to be lost. He would, he would, we all come into the knowledge of the truth. Now let's go to Matthew again, 25, verse 4 and 5. It says, But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. How many think about what you need before you go on vacation? Do I have my toothpaste? Do I have money? Which is the first thing you think about. Do I have enough clothes? Do I have money if I don't? But how many ask, do I have my Bible to read while I'm gone? Will I find a place to worship while I'm here? Or do we say, I'm on vacation, even from God. I'm going to lay back, take my ease, and worry about nothing. What would happen if God took a vacation on us? If he just blinked But I'm so glad my God is not that way. Verse 5 says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. 
Terry means to wait. Stay temporarily. So while Christ's coming is on hold, let's see what some of the scriptures said was happening. Let's look at Mark chapter 13, verse 32. While his coming was on hold, could not yet come. For it says in Mark 13, 32, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Now, does that, does that not tell you that there's a Jesus? Does that not tell you that they are not one, but they are one? But there's a difference? Because the son doesn't even know when he's coming. But the father does. And when the father says go, he gone. But look at what it says in Luke 13, 6 through 8. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cometh it the ground? How many years? Has God been looking for a character to come out of you? Out of all the time that you have spent here in serving God, how many years has he been waiting for you to bring forth just some love? We ain't going to even get into the long suffering and patience and just the love. If God would have went on vacation or if Jesus had not come, we'd be wiped out. Because some of us still can show a little more. Let me, let me just. <laughs> Verse 8 says, and he answering and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year. Also till I shall dig about it and dung it. Jesus came and digged about us trying to break up the fallow ground by the word of God so we could be ready when Father tells him to go and get us. You looking at mercy, y'all. You, you don't even have to look around at anybody, but just look at yourself. And Jesus saying, let me, let me dig around Tony. I, I, I talk about me. Put your name on the dotted line. But let, let me work with him because, one, I died for him. And Father, you know, we, we both see something in him. We, we knew him from the foundation. We, we know what he's all about. Just let me work with him a little bit. 
I'm so glad Jesus is working with me. Ain't he wonderful? It if, if it had not been for Jesus, our days would be over. But it is because of the sacrifice of Christ we are still here. Again, it said, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. While Jesus is waiting for the call, we all have fallen short. We all have sinned and done something in our lives that we should not have done. We all have fallen into a spiritual slumber some way or another. Slumber could be you done dozed off. Or you sleep. Or you're dormant. We all have slacked off in some area. We all have slowed down where we shouldn't. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But again, it is because of the grace and mercy of God. Because of his long suffering and forgiveness, we can still say we are the righteousness of God. Now, let, let's go back to Matthew 25, starting at verse 6. If, if, if something is being said and it's true, I mean, y'all can say amen. I mean, I know that word can come out even through your mask. Bear witness. Look at verse 6. And at midnight... There was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom, bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. We know in that great and notable day, the eastern skies are going to crack wide open. The signs of the times is telling us the end is near. And the soon coming king is about to crack those skies. Verse 7 says, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Those in Christ are getting ready, getting themselves ready. They are paying attention to the signs. They are listening to the spirit of God as they read the word of God. See, in order to listen, you've got to read. Amen, lights. And they are being strengthened in their inner man. Verse 8 says, And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. While we are here, while we are in Christ, waiting for Christ to come, we can share and give all that we have to help all that are here. What is needed is salvation and receiving Christ. What we have, what is needed to strengthen and encourage you, we have it and we give it today. But when Christ cracks those Guys, it is every man for himself. 
Everyone will answer for themselves what they have done in this mortal body. As, as I, I shared with uh, those at a funeral on, on Friday, if you go to the dentist and there's work need to be done on your teeth, you cannot send nobody else to work on your mouth. As much as when I had a tooth pull that I'd have loved to send Rosin in there, First of all, she wouldn't have went. And the dentist pulling her tooth ain't going to help my tooth. I got to go for myself. And when the time comes, you are going to have to answer for yourself. And it's good that you receive what you need now because when he comes, it's too late. Everything is locked. You, you, you know how you, you got something that you're keeping? And, and, and you're putting it in a, a safe or, or some place where can't nobody get to it. And then you close it and lock it up. When you lock it up, can't nobody get in it. When Christ comes back, the lock is on. And don't nobody have the key. He's already given you the keys of the kingdom. It's time for us to use them. When he cracks those skies, again, every man will have to answer for themselves. Now look at verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Y'all hear what I'm saying? When Jesus comes, that's it. If you lacking something and you think you're going to run back and get it and come back. I mean, if, if, the, if the train leaves at nine o'clock and you forgot your toothbrush and you run back to go get it at 859, when you get back, the train is gone. The train is on schedule. He ain't waiting for you. Huh? I, I was getting there. <laughs> Ron said, God's on schedule too. When he tells Jesus to go, Jesus said, wait, wait a minute, Father, I'm watching all my children. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. This, this is your life. I mean, in general, ain't nobody in the hospital. <laughs> when he say go, that's it. Look at verse 11. Afterwards came also the other versions saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you're not. When Jesus comes back, Whatever state you are in, you will keep it. 
If you are holy when he comes, you will be holy with him when he goes. If you are holy when he comes, you will receive a new body. You will hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things that will make you ruler over many. If you are filthy when he comes, you'll be filthy when he goes without you. If you are filthy when he comes, you will keep that body you are in forever. You will hear him say to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Verse 13 says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Watchfulness and prepared readiness is a great duty that lies upon all of us who believe and look for Christ's coming and appearance. Let us close with this in Romans 13, 11 through 14. Romans 13, 11 through 14. And this is how it reads. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the days, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. It is time, saints, to think about the games we are playing and the things we are doing that we know are wrong, that we know are in violation to the kingdom of God. Verse 14 says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. If you want to go to the wedding, if you want to go to be a part of the wedding, get ready. Do what needs to be done. Cast down the imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made you free. For truly whosoever the Son has made free is free indeed. Don't allow your good to be evil spoken of. Be instant or immediate in season and out of season. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Do not let anyone knock you off your square. And don't let your flight be in the winter. Keep your eyes on the prize. All of these are words of encouragement. We must get ready for the soon coming king. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.